Good morning, everybody, and happy Mother's Day. I give honor today to all of the life givers and the influencers of the world, and I am so thankful to come from a long line of strong women who shaped me into the person that I am today, and I had wonderful grandmothers, aunts, and sisters, and uh, my mother-in-law and sister-in-laws that I love very much, and friends that actually, uh, times where they pushed me when I couldn't actually take another step, sometimes actually had to carry me. They loved my children, and so there are so many in my life, and all to all of the beautiful moms at Life Church today, I honor you. And I understand that this day is tough for a lot of people. I have friends, and you probably do too, that desire children but couldn't have them. Uh, some of you have lost your moms and missed them very much today. Kaylee and I were at Target yesterday, and the sweet lady that was checking us out, Kaylee insisted on purchasing my few items. And how many know it's amazing when your kids have jobs? I mean, it's, it's awesome. So the lady, and I was like, no, 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 I can get it. And, and so anyway, she said, let your daughter do that. She said, I just lost my mom, and I wish that I could do something for her today. This will be my first Mother's Day without her. So I gave her my card. I invited her to join us today. So I don't even know your name, but if you're watching, I'm thinking of you today. Uh, some of you didn't have a good relationship with your mom. And uh, so and I know this is not a day that you really like to celebrate, but the word actually commands us to honor our mothers and our fathers. So regardless of your life experiences, we want to obey and honor those who sacrificed so much to give us life. And I was actually blessed to be born to a very young but wonderful mother. She was 20 years old, and uh, can you imagine? (laughs) But I was blessed to also be raised in a home with two loving parents who still love each other after almost 63 years of marriage, so I'm very blessed. And I'm going to be honest, even though as wonderful as she was, she actually suffered from something called MPD, which is short for multiple personality disorder. And uh, it is sad, but she could go from this like super cool mom to this, you know, constant nagging about manners and uh, just, you know, respecting the property of others and taking care of our things. And she ex- she actually insisted on knowing where me and my sisters were going, and she wanted to know who our friends were. And if we weren't home when we were expected to be, she was waiting up 100% of the time. And uh, we actually had to clean our rooms and help around the house. It was child labor. I'm not, I'm not kidding. But And I was never allowed just to run outside to a honking car. My dates would actually have to get out and formally introduce themselves to my dad, which some of you may think that could be the most terrifying experience of one's life, if you know my dad. But I made it through those very, very difficult years. And then I found myself doing those same torture tactics on my girls So I guess you might say that this MPD is genetic, and uh, I think some of you may have some of the same disorder, and you know who you are. But looking back, I'm very thankful for the boundaries that were placed around me. 
my parents had already been where I was going, so they know they knew the things that I didn't know. And that's difficult for kids to understand, especially when they think they know it all. Uh, and I am so blessed today to be the mother of two beautiful and absolutely amazing daughters. And I know that I didn't do everything right, but in spite of all of my shortcomings, they turned out to be incredible human beings by the grace of God. So, And I'm so proud of them, and I'm so thankful that God chose me to be their mom. And moms have a really, really tough job. Uh, one day, little Johnny came home from school, and he said, Mom, where did I come from? And, you know, the mom swallowed hard, and she broke out in a sweat, and she's thinking of all times for his dad not to be here. And so she started from the beginning, and she said, well, two people meet, and then they fall in love, and then they get married, and then she went through the whole experience of, of the birds and the bees and the explanation of that whole thing. And then when she finally start, stopped talking, little Johnny said, well, okay, but my friend Sam from school, he said he was from Philadelphia, and I just wondered where I came from. <laughs> A husband told his wife, he said, get ready, dress up, I want to take you out to an amazing Mother's Day dinner. And she looks in the mirror, you know how we all do, and she tells her husband, she said, ah, I'm looking so old, my face is falling, my hair is getting gray, I could really use a facelift. And she said, please tell me something about myself on this special day for moms. And he thought long and hard, and then he replied, your eyesight is perfect. But studies have shown that it takes over a quarter of a million dollars to raise a child. But there is really no price tag that one can place on being a parent. But it's actually a pretty good investment for getting an education in psychology, in teaching, in nursing, in criminal justice, communication, and human sexuality. And we all know that moms have these incredible superpowers, and there is not a college in the world that can give that to you. So hopefully, moms, you feel celebrated today and every day. And you know, it's easy sometimes to get lost in the discouraging routine of everyday life. The days turn into an unending series of events that don't really seem to turn into anything bigger than just the now. And it's easy to forget sometimes that God is still working on connecting all of the dots and writing our story. And we often fail to remember that those mundane moments, how many know what I'm talking about, really count for something. We know from the word of God that Ruth was faithful to harvest in the field until God connected her with Boaz. And, and Rebecca, through a series of events that really only God could have orchestrated, led her to her husband Isaac. So we can trust God's heart and his plan for us. And by allowing him to work in our lives, we as moms, as Christ followers, we can make an impact or a strong effect on our families, in the workplace, in our neighborhoods, and even the world. And for some of us, it's been a very, very long time since we've been in school. 
but some of you will remember studying about the explorers named Lewis and Clark. And President Jefferson at the time, he asked Congress to fund an expedition through the Louisiana Territory all the way to the Pacific Coast. And the money that they needed would have been for supplies, would have been for food, but they also purchased ink. They purchased pens and writing paper. And even though those particular items were really not necessary for the trip, they were necessary for marking the trail. And the journals that they kept were invaluable for the future generations in knowing about different animals in different parts of the country, about the terrain, and also maps, of course. And think about Jeremiah 31 and 21 in expedition terms. It says, set up road signs, put up guideposts, mark well the path by which you came. In other words, mark your trail for those future generations. And I think we have an obligation to mark the trail and mark it well for those who are following us and those who are watching us. And how we handle the path that life takes us down, it matters. And we've all been through some stuff. Sickness, we've all experienced loss, maybe a betrayal of a friend or a family member, maybe even a spouse. Some of you have experienced divorce. And when we experience those hard times, we can mark our trail with anger and frustration and bitterness. And we've all met those people, and maybe we are that person today. Or we can make an impact with faith and trust and forgiveness. And I'm not saying that it's easy. Most of us along this life's journey, we've been blessed with favor. Maybe it's a position at work that you don't even think that you're qualified for. Financial blessings, miracles along the way. And we can mark our trail with selfishness, with arrogance, with entitlement, or we can mark it with humility and inclusiveness. We all get the same choice with how we are making an impact And it's good to ask ourselves, how are we marking the trail that God has set before us? It's been so awesome, in spite of all of the bad news lately, to hear of so many unsung heroes that are making a difference in the lives of so many. Our doctors and our nurses, our teachers, the truck drivers, just to name a few. And every day we have a choice of how we are going to impact those around us. Jeff and I were at Lowe's the other day, surprise, for those of you uh, who don't know, it's, he goes there pretty much every day, it's his favorite place to go. If he ever goes missing, I know I can always call Lowe's and he might be there. But he has built a relationship with a lot of the employees there in the garden area. And he'll take them breakfast and just honor them from time to time. But they, they will ask him to pray for things that it's, that's going on in their lives pray for their families, and it's almost embarrassing to go with him. He's somewhat of a celebrity there, and I'm, I'm just a nobody when I go. But it's kind of like Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Uh, but there was a sweet older gentleman at the door the other day that was greeting people as they came in, 
And when we walked in, he yelled out, hey, looking good today. And I was thinking, thank you, I really needed that today. And Jeff said, he does that every day. And so I was uh, thinking that he was saying that to us, but, you know, that's, that was his way of making people feel important. And you may think, well, that is not really a big thing. But you really never know who needed to hear that encouragement. It made my day, even though it really wasn't about me. You never know who might need a just, just a smile that day. And we should make it our mission to encourage someone every day. And over the past few months, it seems like every time you turn on the news, uh, they're giving the latest update on the number of deaths from the COVID crisis. And it's been so devastating for so many families. And not to be morbid, but I've been thinking about the fact that a lot of those people never got the opportunity to make things right. Maybe they had crosswords with someone. They never got to say goodbye to their loved ones. And it made me think, how would I be remembered? Success is important, but more importantly is, was I a blessing to others? Did I use my days developing my children, investing in others? Did I make a positive impact at all on anyone? And some of you may have seen Clint Pulver's videos on YouTube. Maybe you've read about him or you've seen him perform. Uh, Maybe you've had an opportunity to see him speak publicly. We've got a picture of him. But I saw a video some time ago, and it caught my attention because the little boy that they used to portray him as a young boy was so adorable, and it reminded me of what I think my future grandson might look like one day. But in the video, Clint tells the story of when he was about 10 years of age, and he was not really struggling with his schoolwork, but he found it impossible to sit still. He constantly tapped on everything. The other students would complain. The teachers were just, they had had it. They just couldn't take it anymore. He got sent to the principal's office, and the principal made a suggestion that maybe he could sit on his hands when he felt the urge, the constant urge to tap. And I get it because we had a daughter that constantly tapped on everything and ended up being in the drum line for four years and still taps on everything. But uh, he said that lasted about five seconds, that sitting on his hands didn't really work. But he told Clint, he set the little boy down. Mr. Jensen was his name. And he looked him in the face and he said, I don't think you're a problem. I think you're a drummer. And he handed him his very first pair of drumsticks. And fast forward, Clint has toured, he's recorded, and he's played drums all over the world. His college college was actually paid for because of those drumsticks. All because one person made an impact in his life. And I encourage you to watch the video. It's very encouraging. And sometimes we think to make a big difference... We need to do something big. But sometimes it's just doing something small that makes a huge impact in someone's life. Have you ever thought about how you will be remembered? We all want to make an impact on the world, but maybe we could all just start with impacting one person. And there are many ways that we could make an impact on 
Others, I just want to talk about three today. You have to be yourself. And that is challenging in our social media-driven culture. We look at others and we see what they do, we see what they have, and we wish that we were them. We're constantly comparing each other or comparing ourselves. We all have friends on Facebook that post pictures of their perfect bodies and they're working out every day. And, you know, they post pictures of, oh, I'm just throwing together a simple dinner, you know, like roasted duck and corn souffle. Oh, I need to go now. My husband just walked in with three dozen roses and a new tennis bracelet. But most of us know that that's not real life. But we will never make the impact that God has placed us here unless we are the person that God created us to be. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. One of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians 2 and 10. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. And you know that God is the one that created all of the passions and he gave you the capabilities and that he placed those in your heart. So be confident in who God created you to be. Jesus was about to wash the feet of his disciples in John 13, 3 through 5, and it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things unto his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God. He rose from supper, and he laid aside his garments. He took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel from which he was girded. And I'm sure that that freaked the disciples out a little bit because here he is. He's supposed to be the king of kings, and and even Peter protested. He said, you are not going to wash my feet. How could he do that, the king of kings washing my feet? But he knew who he was. He knew his purpose, and he knew his assignment. And if we're going to do what God has called us to do as parents, as God followers, Christ followers, we need to trust the identity that he has placed in all of us and, we, and to know that we are beloved sons and daughters of God, and we have a purpose. We look at others and we think, ah, they have it all together. They have looks, they have success, they have talent. We don't get our identity from those things, our family name, how much money we make, fashion, whatever it might be, but from the one that created us. And he knows how he's gifted each one of us and what he's called us to do. And if we see ourselves through his eyes and not others, we will have an impact that he's created us to make. The second way that we can make an impact is to be salt. And I forgot my salt shaker today. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13, and I'm using the message translation, it says, let me tell you why you're here. You are to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, How will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness, and you will end up in the garbage. 
Jesus was speaking to people that actually knew the value of salt. It was a necessity in those days. It was a highly prized mineral. They used it as a preservative for their food. They didn't have refrigeration like we do today. But it was also used as a component of ceremonial offerings and also as a unit of exchange. And salt also has healing properties. How many know when you were growing up and you complained of a sore throat, what did your mom say? Gargle with warm salt water. We've all done that. Uh, Because it has healing properties, one of the definitions of healing is the ability to ease or relieve emotional distress. So when we enter the room, we should be the ones to ease or relieve others' distress and not be the ones that they try to run away from. Proverbs 11.25 says, The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. We should add flavor to the world around us. And I'm speaking to myself today. As a Christ follower, our lives should not be dull and lifeless. People should be attracted to us. We should not be constant complainers. And again, I'm speaking to myself today. We should be sharing the life that God put in us. It's no good if we leave it in the shaker. Uh, We can make the world a better place by just being there. Maybe when we go to the grocery store, we can let the lady with the three crazy kids behind us go in front of us. And maybe we can even offer to unload her basket. Maybe an elderly person that's behind us, maybe we could let them go first. At a restaurant, and Jeff is so good about this, not so much me sometimes, but I'm learning to give them a tip. Don't leave our church card if you don't. But leave them a tip even if you don't get good service. Because you never know the person before you could have been a total jerk to them. Or maybe before they started their shift, they had a very bad report. Or maybe they didn't feel well. Or you never know the situation. Maybe where you get your coffee, you can be salting people. Uh, Maybe send cards of encouragement. I have a friend. She's sitting right over here. She knows I love to get mail. She sends me cards just because I love you, Debbie. How about thank you notes to your students, teachers, and administrators? And do you know the greatest compliment that you could ever get is when people ask you, what is different about you? Colossians 4 and 6 says, let your conversation always be full of grace Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. And the way that we react to stress at work, at school, with our spouse, with our families, how many know it makes a difference? And we don't just salt those around us in our own little Christian community, but we make a difference in others. I have a son-in-law that loves sports. And it wouldn't be much fun, and it wouldn't make a lot of sense if he spent big money to purchase a ticket to see the Dallas Cowboys play. You know, that Dak and Cooper. I don't really know anything about them, but I did ask him who his favorites were. But it wouldn't be much fun if he just sat there and watched the players for several hours just stay in their huddle and talk. That's not why we go to the game. We want to see what a difference that time in the huddle makes. 
And we as fans want to know that whatever play that they're talking about in that secret huddle, does it work when they break the huddle? And the challenge for us as, as the church is not just what we do in our Sunday morning huddle, but when we break the huddle and we head out to our weekday assignments, a.k.a. the mission field. And I lost my place. And through this crisis in our nation, it's been a great opportunity for Christians to not just be the ones living in total panic and fear, but we should have faith in these times of uncertainty. And again, I'm not saying that that's easy. Being a Christ follower isn't just about changing our behavior, but actually it's a life transformation in our nature and our character. And I have people ask me a lot, are you religious? And I always say no. For me, it's a personal relationship. And that personal relationship shouldn't just be based on our Christian list of rules, and you know what they are. But rather, our Christianity should be defined by what we are doing. Am I being salt? Jesus continues with how we can make an impact. We can be ourselves. We can be salt. But he also says, be light. In Matthew 5 and 14, again, in the message translation, he says, Jesus says, here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. And by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And if we are to be the light, there is no such thing as a secret disciple. And it's not so that people will be attracted to us, but to the light that's in us, Jesus Christ. When we lose our job, when we get a bad diagnosis, and life, we all know, can throw some really uh, crazy things at us, but our light has to be shining all of the time. Others are watching how we respond, and they wonder, how do we keep our faith? It's not our light, but it's his light. And how many know that his power works best in our weakness, the scripture says. Our light is shining to direct people to him. It's not shining on us to bring the attention to us. It's not shining on others to point out their sins and their failures. But the light in me is to lead people to him. And how many of you know it's not easy to be salty and it's not easy to shine bright on our own? And that's why we are a city on a hill. We're in community with each other. And this whole Corinth thing has been a challenge for us extroverts because it's a lot of alone time and we need people. We need community. I miss all of you. I miss the hugs. But Hebrews 10 through 24 says, And let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. Studying how we may stir up 
stimulate and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers as the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. And we all know that this crazy world that we live in is filled with crime and violence and pain and poverty, but we are called to be salt and light and to be part of the solution. We sang a song last week from Elevation Worship, and it says, the bridge to the song says, if I'm not dead, you're not done, and greater things are still to come. So none of the things that we face in this world should be a threat to us, the church, because we know that if we're not dead, he's not done, and we still have a purpose. And because we have found true freedom and healing, we can lead others to find freedom and healing. The last part of Matthew 5:38, Jesus says, If you want to make an impact, you have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and I, but I say don't resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek. That's hard. If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat to. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So basically we just read, if I want to make an impact, I need to love my neighbors. I need to love my enemies. And I'm supposed to do more than is expected of me. As moms and parents and Christ followers, what a difference could we make at our workplace if we would just maybe not do the minimum that's required but actually do more than is expected of us? What about in our marriages? What about in our relationships? Maybe being kind rather than fighting a useless battle trying to defend our position. And I'm learning. (laughs) Matthew 5.26 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And in closing, I, I work at a high school, and it never ceases to amaze me. We have parents come up and... Uh, they come up and they're irate and they, they write just horrible emails to complain about their students' failing grades or the bad behavior. And it's always the teacher's fault or another student's fault. There's never accountability on their part. And during this time of at-home learning, I think a lot of the parents are coming to the understanding of how difficult the job is of parenting and teaching children. It's difficult. Some parents think it's the job of the church, the Sunday school teachers, the youth pastors, to help motivate and teach their children to be all that they need to be and give them the tools to navigate through life. But parents, that's our job. 
And you know, we don't have very many years with our children. Ah, it's so hard. It goes so quickly. And we don't have very many years to make the greatest impact on them. And that is to nurture a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if it's not important to you, it's not going to be important to your children. And you can be the first one to actually change an entire generation of your family. One of my favorite, favorite passages of Scripture is Deuteronomy 6. And Moses was instructing the children of Israel. And he, was, he said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. That sounds like a lot of the time. And even before this current crisis that our world is in, our nation was and is experiencing major, major mental health crisis. We're getting our affirmation from how many likes that we have on Instagram and Facebook. But have you ever seen or heard of so many adults and teens and children, young and old alike, who are dealing with anxiety and confusion and depression and suicide, all the while so much social isolation. Families are allowing themselves to be separated by smartphones and tablets. So let's take this time since our world is kind of in a shutdown to some extent. Maybe we have a few more minutes in the day to spend time with our children and those that we love. We have a little bit more time around the dinner table since most of you are working from home right now. Maybe we can rethink our priorities and make some new resolutions. Yes, even in May. And if we start today, we could have a 235-day jump on New Year's. And this was probably more for me today, but I hope that it was an encouragement to you. I hope that it challenged you in some way. It's easy sometimes just to think that we are just surviving, especially moms in those mundane moments. And I know there's some single dads that are working and raising children, but we're called and we are equipped to make an impact on people in this crazy and wonderful world that we live in. And for those of you who God has entrusted children to, that is our first priority. We can do it by being our authentic selves, by being salt and light. And I heard this a few weeks ago, and it touched my heart. My family laughs at me. I cry about everything. (laughs) I don't even have to know you. I cry at commercials, and I for sure cried when I read this. But it says, when you were born, you cried, and the world rejoiced. Live your life in such a way that when you die, the world cries while you rejoice. 
So go and be yourself today. Be yourself. And I'm learning it at almost 60. Be salt and shine bright and make an impact on those around you. Lord bless you today.